0: Welcome back to the Just Means Less ACC podcast. Uh, Tonight, again, another solo episode, so it's just me, Micah. Um, Nick, of course, is not on this pod because we are talking the bracket that I came up with. So, um, you know, again, every week I've been doing a bracket. This is the second week that I've done a podcast discussing it. um, To give you all an an idea of what I do when I put this in the tweet this time around was... I really try to focus on what's happened currently. You know, all these other college baseball experts predict out. And I don't necessarily blame them. Um, That might be the more fun way to do it. But in a way, I kind of enjoy using the approach of if the season ends today, this is what's going to happen. Because there's a lot of things that change on a day to day basis. Um, You know, and and you're you're listening to a University of Virginia fan who, if you asked me to predict out two weeks ago with the Pitt Notre Dame series, I would have said five and one, not one and five. So here you are talking, you know, what ifs and everything like that, and in a way, it's kind of fun to kind of know, hey, this is what it would be if it ended today. Um, you kind of get an idea then of, of where you're sitting, uh, and this bulldog wants to say hello, so Mississippi State is in the tournament, so I guess he wanted to make sure that he shouted them out, so that's what you get for recording while walking but um you know once again this is purely just based off what has happened so far my opinions um uh, when it comes to conference champions of these mid majors i do a little bit of projecting between rpi um as well as just conference standings because like i mentioned last week on the pod you know it's not necessarily fair to go oh well this team's 10 and 2 but the better teams probably 9 and 3 the much higher RPI because sometimes you get the easier draw. Um, as someone that works for a mid-major school, you know we finally got our first opponent <laughs> with an RPI under of 100 um, of our three of eight teams in the conference. We played all three before this that had RPIs of 100 or less, or I guess higher in that sense. But you know it was something to where we kind of look at the approach that way to get an idea of where we are. Um, I got the luxury this past week to go watch some of these uh, teams that I have hosting. Um, I had the luxury of seeing both South Carolina Florida on Thursday night, as well as two games in the Coastal Carolina versus Southern Miss series. Um, So that was a lot of fun to really get some eyes on some teams that could make it to Omaha this year. So, um, you know, that was always great to, to be able to do. But without further ado... We're gonna go through the bracket again, go through our 16 seeds, uh, host sites, I should say, and kind of give you guys an idea of where we're looking. So my number one overall seed again is LSU. Um, they didn't do anything to get taken away from that. Um, yes, they lost to Louisiana, but they swapped Ole Miss. And you can say Ole oh, Miss is not very good, that's fine. Um, but we lost the game at Pitt. So I just kind of washed both out. Pitt actually has a lower RPI than Louisiana. Um, so When it comes down to who we want to rank, you know, in a way, losing to Louisiana. But, I mean, granted, I was at home, and obviously I'm recording this on Wednesday night of the 26th. Yes, 26th. So, obviously, we knew last night, Nickel State beat LSU. So, uh, no spoilers, but pending the results of this weekend, there's a very good chance LSU is no longer the number one team. Um, But until then, they are my one seed, with Wake Forest being two South Carolina being three, um, the Nerdcast with D1 Baseball did a great job kind of summarizing too. You now the committee is going to also look at why put Wake Forest at one and then let's say LSU or South Carolina at two um, and then have three be the opposite of LSU, South Carolina, whoever you're going to put at two. Because now you got SC teams kind of sandwiched together. Um, obviously one and two will not see each other at all unless it's in the finals if they got all the way to the national title. Um, so... At the end of the day, like, there's no real difference between being the one and two. I would almost argue with someone that again secondary team is Wake Forest <laughs> growing up, you know, not too far away and living in Winston and, you know, obviously kind of following the guys along and, and whatnot being a seat take holder for football for the last five years. Um you know, it's one of those things where in a way I'd rather them be the two. That way there isn't that, you know, number one overall seed curse that we kind of seem to see with teams not making it to Omaha. So I um, obviously really want to see Wake Forest in Omaha. It's the first year I'm in Nebraska in the last few years, but definitely will be willing to go back if we can get there. So um obviously two. And then three, South Carolina. I mean, watching them this weekend, I was at the run rule game. So them at their peak, they are phenomenal. Ethan Petrie is just, whew, he is so much fun to watch. But that lineup from top to bottom, Um one of my favorite things I had the opportunity to uh, shadowed the marketing production again that's my full-time job as I'm a director of marketing in college athletics and we got to you know we had the one of the student managers baseball manager operations kind of guys up in the press box running the pitch clock and he was just giving us insight after tidbit after tidbit and what the scout was and it was phenomenal like nothing makes me happier in life than seeing I played division II the cross a well-executed game plan like if you you have a scout and a game plan and you execute that to the tee. there's nothing more beautiful well south carolina's approach on i think all games but going into the friday game specifically with um their starting pitcher whose name of course i am now blanking on <laughs> crap but anyways his whole report was do not throw jack hagley on a strike because <laughs> he had walked eight seven or eight times the entire season that's it so is constantly swinging at balls um, he's trying to put the ball in play, and the first literally the first at bat three straight right on the inside, definitely a ball one almost hit him, and he swung at all three struck out second at bat similar principle struck out third one took finally took a strike <laughs> struck out looking i mean it was it was beautifully executed and you know, that was what well, was a close game until the last little bit there where I did get to see South Carolina walk them off. But um, there's an argument for them to be the number one team in the country. I think Wake still deserves a little bit more over them. But, you know, at the end of the day, I will hear out South Carolina over LSU, too. So it's all kind of neck and neck there. Um, my four is still Vanderbilt. Uh, yes, they got swept by Tennessee. Um, as someone who watched the Friday game and was in awe uh, of how the flip, how the switch just flipped for Tennessee. Um, you know, I think... Vanderbilt just ran into a buzzsaw. Like Vanderbilt was shocked they lost Friday, and Tennessee just—I mean, since that series that uh, Friday comeback, they've just been a different team. The team that we predicted and many thought was going to be the number one team in the country. So, you know, overall not not promising, but it was a weekend of just bad ball all around. So, my five is Florida again. They didn't really move. Six being Stanford. Seven. Being those Coast of Carolina clear, they got to see, eight being Arkansas, nine being my Virginia Cavaliers, 10, welcome back, Boston College, 11, Kentucky, 12, West Virginia, 13, the Campbell Camels, 14, Texas Tech, 15, ECU, and 16, welcome to hosting a regional, the Big Ten champion in my eyes, Indiana, who has shown to be an incredible team. So, some of these teams, if you ask me to predict out, I'm a little suspect on Campbell being one of them because you know, Campbell is receiving a lot of love. I believe they were eighth in the poll, um, maybe even top. They know they're a top-ten team in pretty much all polls. And I ranked them 13th in my poll. That's where, again, they're a 13th seed also. Um, but I just – I know they're very talented. I mean, they have the ability to hit with anybody. And their pitching's not that bad. But they have struggled. I mean – as someone that works for a Southern Conference team, like we've a lot of Big South. We've played in UNC Asheville. I think I'm gonna go watch the Campbells actually in a couple weeks play at UNCA. And it's crazy to me that they're just kind of, they're there to be frank. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm impressed with who they are, but I don't know if they're hosting, you know, when I do my brackets next week, but they did lose to Duke last night. Of course, we're recording late. They, last I looked, we up on Elon um, tonight, who Elon, <laughs> we'll get to my last team's out, our first couple teams out. Elon, unfortunately, made that list after how they've been struggling down the stretch. But yeah, um, those are our 16 seeds. Um, we're going to do similar to what we did. I want this to be ACC focused. Um, we'll go through each bracket real quick and then talk about the ACC ones, my favorites, if this were to play out. And all of that stuff. So um first we got in Baton Rouge. Welcome the 2 seated Clemson Tigers. Clemson has taken my heart. They have it and they will have it until they break it. And they seem to break it a lot. But I really like this Clemson team. I mean, they are on fire. Caden Grice is just phenomenal. Cam Canarella like, it stinks that he, he is in the same state as a just generational talent and Ethan Petrie because Cam Canarella has just been... He's by far the most underrated freshman in college baseball. Kid is just phenomenal. Always gets on base. You can't talk about him enough. We talk about him a ton on this show, so I don't need to continue that repetition of that. But that's a dangerous team for Clemson, or for LSU. Um, UC Irvine also makes the trip. Um, They are my last team in. Um, So the Ant Eaters out of the uh, Big West are my last team in. So... I'll make a little bit of noise. And then Nichols, which, <laughs> funny enough, when I did this, I did not know they were playing. Well, as many of you know, um, Nichols beat LSU last night, 6-5 to five, off some incredible defensive plays. I mean, they loaded the bases with one out. And, like, I was watching and I was like, there is no way. Like, I was just going to walk this off. This was fun. And fantastic play. I believe it was by the second baseman. It may have been by the shortstop, but it was an over-the-shoulder catch. Um, to which then the runner on second just thought he read it right, ran past the guy on third, so he was out regardless. He probably still would have been out just because they would have got to the bag in time, but unreal play um, by the Colonels there. And, well, I mean, <laughs> that regional has got a heck of a lot more fun because I think Clemson's very dangerous as their hot ball club. And, I mean, Nichols literally beat LSU, so <laughs> there'll be some revenge on the mind of the LSU Tigers in that sense, but I love the idea of the Battle of Death Valley uh, in Baton Rouge. Then we've got, paired up with them in the Bloomington Regional, Indiana, uh, the number two at Louisville Cardinals, dropped them after their sweep, or after getting swept by Duke, excuse me, from hosting. Uh, Alabama is a three, and Kent State has a four. That's a very, very tough regional. I mean, Louisville will have their hands full with that Alabama team. They are very underrated, maybe the most underrated team in the SEC. Um, you know, but, I mean, excuse me, Louisville, Also, justifiably so, could win that regional. So, you know, there's some ACC regionals where I'm like, wow, two-seeded teams are a real, real threat. So I definitely like that pairing for the cards. Uh, We bump down to, of course, the Wake Forest Regional. We got two-seeded Wake, second-seeded Georgia, three-seeded Iowa, one of my last teams in, and then Davidson, who uh, isn't very good. Um, They're going to be a conference champion, it looks like, out of the uh, A-10, but, again, very suspect team. Um, Yeah, I think this is Wakes to lose. I mean, Georgia is a very feisty team. But both Georgia and Iowa are, I just don't think, have the firepower, especially from a pitching standpoint, to compete with Wake Forest um, when you have to win two. But they're going to be paired in the Greenville Regional with ECU. Mississippi State is the two. North Carolina as the three. Yes, that is correct. team I thought might be hosting two, three weeks ago is now a three seed and FGCU. Um, in the trajectory that North Carolina is going, I wouldn't put it past them to be the first one eliminated uh, in this region. Uh, it is something uh, very concerning. Mississippi State is kind of starting to play pretty solid ball. Um, they have the talent to compete with UNC. I think they may even be more talented than UNC. Uh, and FGCU is one of those teams that has kind of struggled recently, but it's also a top 15 team two, three weeks ago when UNC was up there as well. So, um, you factor all that in, ECU has also been struggling. They've lost four straight as of today, getting swept by Wichita State last weekend. They lost to NC State yesterday in their midweek uh, in Raleigh. So, yeah, that would be a fun regional, though. throwing the Tar Heels in Greenville. Going to get rowdy. And you factor Mississippi State, I mean, that's going to be, that'd be a, probably the most fun, raucous regional you could get. Um, we have the three-seed South Carolina Gamecocks. NC State as the two. Wofford out of the great Southern Conference as the three. Maine as the four. Um, NC State and Wofford was going to be a heck of a game. Um, Wofford is near the top in the country in run score. They're averaging like nine. They're averaging the same amount as Virginia going into this week, which was like 9.73 or something like ridiculous like that. As someone that has uh, done games with them this year, they know how to score. Um, you know, some of it's against Southern Conference teams, but you know they've beaten Georgia Tech this season. Um, they've got Tennessee next Tuesday. I'm actually going to be there uh, cheering on my Southern Conference brothers. But <laughs> even though they don't really like me because I kind of trolled them in the one game, we did beat them with ETSU. But um, NC State, <laughs> I'm sorry, Pac, you're not getting out of that regional. I think South Carolina is too good. And like I think that, for example, NC State should beat Wofford in their first game, but it's not going to be some game they can just trot out there and win. They're going to have to fight for it. So then you're going to have to get South Carolina. You're probably going to get Wofford again. No problem since you beat them twice, but if you do, I mean, Wofford's going to be the type of team, There's that three seed that I don't think is really, may not, may not win more than just like the first elimination game. Might have only one win in the entire tournament, but they are going to wear you out, wear your arms out specifically, which we've seen NC State's kind of starting to run into some problems where their, their arms just haven't been the same as what we had hoped. Especially early on in the year where that was kind of their, their strong side. So keep an eye on that for sure. Um, but that would be a very fun regional in Columbia. And then a four seed, Vanderbilt, Texas, Troy, Alabama State. I love Troy. I think they're phenomenal. But no ACC teams here, so no need to really spend too much time on that. Um, in Lubbock, if you asked me to predict out, I'm telling you right now, Texas Tech's not hosting. I almost took them out, but I was like, stick to my principles next week. We can have that conversation because Texas tech's RPI is like 65. Um, they are not going to host a regional at this Right, It's going to need a miracle. Um, but they're still getting nationally ranked by a lot of people. I have them high, pretty, pretty high ranked. Um, I try not to adjust my rankings too much and they had a winning week last week. So there's no reason to drop them. So they're the 14 seed with DBU, Arizona state and oral Roberts. I can tell you right now, Texas tech would not run that regional. Um, My money would be on DBU. Obviously, I cannot bet on college sports, but if you asked me to like put my life on the line or put 20 bucks on who to win, I'd probably go DBU. But Arizona State, very talented ball club, could win the Pac-12. So that's a very fun regional. But again, no SEC teams, so we move on. Uh, All right, I kind of screwed this up. I didn't go pair by pair, so my fault on that. So again, Columbia and Lubbock will be paired together. Nashville, Fayetteville, North Carolina, aka Boyce Creek, but. Ballparks too small. Campbell one seat. Tennessee the two. Oregon State the three. Army the four. This is my this is by far my favorite non-ACC regional. I mean, oh my gosh, so much fun. Tennessee fans will like Seagro Stadium in Fayetteville will be packed. Um, I will be roll humps all day. I do have a soft spot. Oregon State was always one of my favorite teams as a kid because a, they were good. But B, I love Beavers. Big big Beaver guy. Um, I actually had the pleasure uh, when I worked in minor league baseball a few years ago after uh, oregon state won the national title and i believe it was 2018. if not it was 2017 but i'm almost positive it was 2018. uh the hero of that team trevor Larnick, uh was drafted by the twins and he came through his mom became one of my really good friends she was a sweetheart shout out shout out to her and anyways you know i that kind of just reconfirmed my love with oregon state i'm i'm back on playing mvp baseball uh, on my playstation 2 and Oregon State is who I'm rocking with currently. We are still rocking with Virginia, but it's kind of more fun to rock with a team that necessarily you're not a diehard fan of. So that's been fun. Paired up, obviously, with the Nashville Regional there. Um, then we got the five-seed Gainesville Regional, Florida, Oregon, Oklahoma, and Southeast Missouri, or SEMO. I don't need to break that one down. Paired with the Morgantown Regional of West Virginia, Duke, Auburn, Loyola, Marymount. The way Duke's trending... They might be hosting when I make this bracket next week. Um, but for now, I mean Duke has the ability to win this regional. That like I'm not really sold on Auburn. I mean, they went to Omaha last year, so that helps. Um, you know, they have they have some guys that have been there before, but I I like the Duke, West Virginia kind of for that regional final kind of thing. And again, Duke could be a potential super team at that point. And then we cross over. Um, down to Palo Alto. We got Stanford as the one, and the six overall seed. UCSB, so California, Santa Barbara, the Gauchos, Texas a and and San Jose State. Nothing to really pair there. That's, if you like West Coast baseball, shout out to my buddy Hayden, our fifth tour to CCU. You'll love that regional. Um, in Lexington, Kentucky for the 11, we've got Kentucky as the, obviously, number 11 overall national seed. Indiana State who again could potentially host a regional. Um, They are fun, fun, fun. They took it to Vanderbilt last week um, and then swept, I believe, believe they swept. um, Southern Illinois. And then Notre Dame is the three. Shout out to the Irish. Welcome back. Um, Kind of pissed you had to sweep my Virginia Cavaliers, but in a way, it's nice to see them back. So um, Notre Dame is a team that we went to Omaha last year. This team still has, you can see the blueprint that Link Jarrett had built there. Like I was shocked, like nobody was expecting them to get back to Omaha, but many were shocked how slow they started, but they also started the entire season on the road. I mean, my, they were playing home games on a neutral site in Gastonia, North Carolina. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's just going to happen. And like, for example, as a Virginia fan, I'll make my excuse now. Getting swept by Notre Dame in 40-degree weather in late April. That's a Notre Dame-type series to win. So <laughs> I'll make my excuse now, but welcome back, Notre Dame. Glad to see you here. Um, and then Wright State's the four there. We'll move on to Conway. Coastal Carolina's the one. Miami's the two. Cal State, four. the three. Central Connecticut State, the four. I'd probably end up at this regional, to be frank. Um, Hayden and I, this is a little bit of bias, but it kind of played out really well. But at times it came down to pairing teams. Uh, Hayden is a diehard Miami fan as a kid. Uh, his favorite uh West Coast team forever. And then I've known him for a long time. He's always been Cal State Fullerton after he went to Coastal Carolina, runs fifth quarter CCU. So dream scenario for him. I would definitely have to make it over for this too. And Central Connecticut State, not the most dangerous team, but they've been, they've they are familiar with regionals. So at the bare minimum, not ideal um, pairing there. This is the type of series where I think my like I worry for Coastal because their problem is, man, they can they can score, but they have no pitching absolutely no pitching. They got run rolled by Wake yesterday. Um, I watched them win a 20 to 7 game on Saturday against Southern Miss, but also lose a 15 to 7 game on uh, Sunday to Southern Miss. I mean, they just they have no arms, they really don't. No disrespect to Coastal Carolina, but you know, Miami can pitch pretty well, um, they can also hit. They hit, they hit absolute bombs. I think they're second in the ACC in total home runs. Uh, Nick tweets those out. I should probably read them more, uh, Nick, if you are listening, because I give them a hard time for not listening to podcasts when I listen. I hope you text me and tell me way not to read my tweets, because then it's it's even. But uh, And then Cal State Fortune as well, pretty solid pitching group. So not a great regional for Coastal to be hosting, but going to be a fun one for sure. And this is paired with the Boston College or Brighton Regional, who's the 10 overall seed here. Yukon, Northeastern, and Ryder. Um, I ended up getting all Northeast here. Um, I'm super high on Northeastern. I think that they should potentially be in the regional talks, but their RPI kind of says otherwise. Um, nationally, no one's ranking them or talking. Like I'm pissed. Like I think Northeastern's a top 20 team, and barely anybody's ranking them. Um, they snuck into the fifth quarter poll this week because I convinced enough of our voters that I know. I talked them on the ledge of why they should rank them in the top 25, and then I ranked them in the top 20, so it kind of got them pushed up. But, when I mean, they beat UConn. Like, they haven't been challenged a ton, sure, but, like, they have one of the best win per- – I think they have second-best win percentage in all of college baseball behind Wake um, in South Carolina, so I guess it would be third best. But, I mean, this team can play, man. So, that's, that's brutal because UConn's obviously had BC's number already this year as well. So that would that's a murderous row of some of the best Northeastern teams. And Rider's not a bad ball club either. So keep an eye out on that one for sure. Paired with it is the 8-9 seed. So the 8-seed Fayetteville Regional for Arkansas, Oklahoma State, UTSA, Sam Houston State, very deep regional of talent teams that have been ranked this season. But again, no ACC teams. But well, you're paired with the Charlottesville Regional. I still have Virginia hosting a regional. Call me biased, but... As of this recording, I'm recording at now 9.30 at night. Um, Virginia has won their 22nd straight midweek game of season, a.k.a. 22-0. And, and I understand it's midweek. They're 12-9 in the ACC. That's concerning. But, I mean, you know, if they continue to go down this bad path, like, for example, they've got Duke this weekend. If they get swept at home by Duke, heck, even lose the series, I'll probably take them off the regional and probably swap them with Duke, to be frank. But they are the type of ball club right now that, I think has just kind of hit like the hot and cold theory that 11.7 talks about, and I fully agree with. Where there's just some like sometimes it's almost best to get some of your, your lulls out now. They've kind of been struggling with situational hitting. I understand it was Towson tonight and Liberty yesterday. Not great ball clubs, but I saw that over the last two nights where that kind of like, okay, there's runners on. Virginia's going to drive them in, and they did. Pitching still. Very, very average to be frank, but when you factor in some of the teams that are hosting regionals that have bad pitching, I'll take I mean, Virginia's ERA is like tops in the country. um You know they're top ten in T- team ERA uh, according to College Baseball Hub stats that came out. So again, clearly not a bad pitching staff by any means. I think they've overperformed a little bit, and their mid-major slate has been pretty bad. <laughs> but they're not losing to. These bad mid-major teams, like the Pitt series was a shocker. Virginia Tech, not overly, like, they're getting desperate ball clubs right now, and that's kind of my excuse. Maybe it's a bad excuse to have, but that's why I still have Virginia hosting. Um, they got Southern Miss, who I just saw, who again, who could score. Um, so <laughs> that'll be fun. We might have 42 runs across the board in a Virginia yeah, Southern Miss, like if they play twice. UCLA, who I think is overrated as heck, I want to leave them out of the tournament to be honest. But all the RPI numbers, <laughs> all even people were still ranking them as of like they were ranked as of last week, and I think they stink. Like not, I would take if you threw UCLA and Pitt this week, right, in a series. Neutral site, Pitt's getting at least one. I think they're taking two. Um, I'm just not sold on UCLA. They're just not playing good ball. They're a talented team. And that's what's scary for Virginia is if they get going and they were to get paired here, shit. (laughs) And then the four seed here is Columbia, who I think you could put Penn here as well for winning the Ivy, kind of up for debate, but that's kind of my regionals within the ACC. And um, yeah, I think my favorite, again, we talked about it last time, we'll go through my favorite involving an ACC team now I see I'll take Virginia out of it, but even then, I don't think it's my favorite, even with it. It's gotta be. If you base it off of my like favorite teams to see, it's coastal Miami, Cal State, Fullerton. But I think competitive's gotta be Boston College, Yukon, Northeastern, and Ryder. So the Brighton regional, because that's just there's a lot of what-ifs with that with that series. So that definitely gets me excited. Um, how many AC teams do I think we get to a super based off this? I don't think Clemson gets out of Baton Rouge. I think Louisville actually gets out of the Bloomington regional. NC State does not get out of Columbia. Uh, Duke, let's do it. We'll say out of the Morgantown Regional, so that's two. We'll take Miami out of Coastal's Regional as well, so that's three. BC, I'm sorry, I'm not taking you to get out of your own Regional. Wake gets out of there, so that's four. North Carolina definitely not getting out of Greenville. Um, Notre Dame could, but I'm I, I actually really like Kentucky, so I'm gonna say no. And in the Virginia Regional. I am going to say Virginia for now just because I think that regional is full of kind of trending in the wrong direction teams in multiple categories, but no sold there. That's five. ACC again had 10 teams in. Let me just make sure I actually put 10 in there because that's what I put on my sheet. One, two, three. Great podcasting, I know. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so it is 10 ACC teams in. Again, that's uh, 10 out of 14, so if you want to do the math there, that's five out of seven break that math down a little bit more it's about i'm probably messing this up big time but five out of eight is about 60 percent. so we'll say 68 percent. don't know if that's actually right um but yeah i mean i think there's a phenomenal phenomenal potential bracket there i really like seeing what the other groups do um i think again mine's different and that's why i like doing it is because it's kind of what i think the season ended today um, I've never understood necessarily bracketology as being predicted again. When I do my bowl projections in, during football season, I do predict out. Uh, but it's a lot easier because you're looking at five games, six games, seven games, eight games. Or here you're looking at multiple series and midweeks that might get canceled. Like, there's just so much to project out that I think it makes it a lot harder. Um, so I try to look at what I think is going to happen today. Uh, when we wrap up this weekend, we will be into the point of the season where there's three weekends left. So I think I will start projecting out excuse me, just because I think at this point like you can look I can look at a total of 14 remaining games and kind of predict what I think's gonna happen per se. And also too there is a nice little Warren Nolan projected RPI that kind of helps cheat that system too, if I'm a little unsure uh, based on what they think is gonna happen and, and kind of roll with that. But yeah, um thank you everybody for listening. Um this was not as crazy i did a lot of the explanations last week on how i view things what i'm looking for you know again projecting out who wins what conference so on and so forth but um you know i guess to summarize this real quick just to give you an idea i had 12 sec teams in that's 12 out of 14 uh 10 ACC teams in five pack 12 four big 12 four sun belt two big 10 two conference usa one colonial three big west Everything else is one. Uh, my last four in again were UC Irvine, Troy, Oklahoma, and Iowa. My ne- my first four out were Missouri, Virginia Tech. I want to talk about them because they're out because, yes, they took a series against Florida State this weekend. It doesn't help them. I made a big deal out of it last Tuesday, and I can't underplay this. Midweek games don't matter that much. I, I, I get that. But losing by 8 or 9, I can't remember what the exact total was, to a Radford team whose RPI was, I think, the 7th? No. It was, like, in the top, or 15th worst. at the, I think it was maybe even worse than that. RPIs in all of college baseball. To give you guys an idea, ETSU, who I work for, played Radford last night. We beat them 9-3. to three. We've swept them this season. Um, and literally all three times, ETSU struggled early and then kind of took it to them late, rallied, late like I mean, they were down three one i believe or three two going into the seventh or eighth last night um they were literally down three going into the bottom of the ninth when they hosted them a couple of weeks ago um i actually missed that game to go to the wake <laughs> App State game it's the only game i have missed this year for etsu at home but it's crazy because you know that's a bad bad loss and when you start to compare to these resumes like Virginia Tech's wiggle room was great. That hurt their RPI drastically. Now they're you know in the 30s, like late, late 30s, early 40s range. Like, you know, I had to take them out. Like I think what Notre Dame, because like Virginia Tech took two of three against Virginia. Notre Dame swept. Notre Dame doesn't have that bad of a loss. So by rule, Notre Dame, in my opinion, more attractive than Virginia. Virginia Tech, excuse me. And same with Clemson. You know, Clemson just swept NC State. That's more impressive than anything Virginia Tech's done at this point this year in the ACC play. And again, they've had some really bad losses. So, yeah, I just couldn't. I left them out. I uh, hope I'm wrong. I, I really, this team's too talented to miss the tournament. Um, similarly, I took Maryland out. With their RPI being what it was, I was projecting Maryland to win the Big Ten last week when I did this. So it was kind of weird, because if I'm predicting to win the Big Ten, that means I should have assumed their RPI would go up higher, but I based it off their RPI, so I made them like a very deep three seed. I don't think they win the Big Ten now. I have Iowa, or excuse me, Indiana winning it. Iowa is actually the runner up. So I kind of just said, you know what? Maryland with their RPI, where it is currently, is out then. I mean, they're a 68, 69 kind of area in the RPI, so that's not gonna cut it. Like, it kind of stinks. That the Big Ten with only two teams in seems really wrong, but the RPIs say otherwise. So Maryland misses the cut here. Again, I kind of hope that changes. I would love to see them with Virginia. And similar to Maryland, Rutgers, a team with a little bit higher RPI than Maryland. I don't think it's as good as Maryland. They're out as well. Um, which again, like, it just feels weird to have the beta team sitting out like that. And my next four out are Old Dominion, TCU, who's been struggling like crazy, who got a big win against Dallas Baptist yesterday. So kind of can change the trajectory potentially. Elon, who, by the way, did just walk off. I don't know if walk off, but beat the Campbell Camels by one. So good win for the Phoenix there, and then the Charlotte 49ers out of the Conference USA—they're slowly but surely creeping into the picture. So who knows? They could win the Conference USA, and then the Conference USA gets three teams in—that's a bit steep from the from the ACC. So, um, anyways, that is all I have. Thank you everybody for listening. This was hopefully a much nicer, shorter podcast for everyone. Really looking forward to what we see in college baseball this weekend. I'll have you check out the last Around the Diamond episode if you have not already heard it. And as always, thank you for listening. It just means a little bit less. And go ACC.